0: Welcome back to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. Before we start, just do me a favor and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, as well as the Facebook and Instagram page. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from startups, returning diaspora, musicians and athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me, Ida Dalje, and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, In this episode, our special guest is Ante Kvartuc. Uh, Ante is from San Pedro, California, and is the founder of CroatianSports.com, which is a website dedicated to uniting Croatian fans around the world. Uh, today we're going to talk about how that got started, where it's at now, and hear about some of the Croatian sports legends interviewed over the years. Uh, Ante, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Stanko, my my pleasure, my man. Uh, appreciate the time and appreciate everything you know. You're doing uh, out there in the domovin. I know you're in Zagreb right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Where are you at right now?
1: I, am, uh, I live in Redondo Beach, so I, I, I split my Croatian cultural duties in between uh, San Pedro and, and Los Angeles at Sveti Antas, but uh, uh, I, I got out of San Pedro. I live, live in beautiful Redondo Beach, California. That's where the, uh, the Croatian sports operations are uh, headquartered.
0: Mm, yeah, it is beautiful over there. I wanted <laughs> to ask you um, about the LA or San Pedro community, because I've definitely seen you a couple times at you know St. Anthony's over in LA. But I know on your bio, um, it says you're from San Pedro. On your website, Grochensports.com you know, you kind of mentioned you split your time between those communities.
1: Yeah, definitely in the, in, in the beginning years ago, um, you know, as a kid, um, you know, my mom and my mom and my dad, their house was three blocks away from the from Hrvatsky Dome in San Pedro. So, you know, for the festa and for, you know, whenever we had, a, a, you know, a baptism or anything like that, like that was home base growing up and, you know, for the street parties, I'm sure you've been to many street parties in San Pedro where they close the street down and, um, you know, they have the bands and the chiv and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's where I grew up. I grew up, you know, doing Croatian language and, and learning cola at, at Mary star, um, Catholic church, which is also two blocks away from, from the dome. So I, I grew up there. Uh, and then, then, you know, as I, as I moved to, moved to Redondo, which is about 15 miles from, from San Pedro, um, started talking to to some of your good friends. I know you know them well. Uh, uh, the Svetkovic brothers, Johnny, Nick, mm-hmm. Mr. Petar Repa, Zora, in in uh, in, in downtown LA at Sveti Antes. Um, obviously, they have a bigger hall. Um, they throw some fantastic watch parties. Everyone's been to Croatian weddings at Sveti Antas. I mean, it's it's a part of you know me growing up. I went to the Baricovich wedding, I think, 12 years ago. He was a big uh, Dina and and you know we we were ragging on everyone saying you know you have more uh you know Hajduk fans here than than dinamo and it was just funny but you know it's it's croatia has the croatian community has a huge population in los angeles uh, but i've also learned it's it's nowhere near that of toronto or australia and um you know that's something i always love talking about but it's it's i've always loved kind of combining the cultures and connecting them if i could um, and that's kind of my main mission statement with, with this website, not just talking about sports, but like we have Croatians all over planet earth. And I always felt growing up, like we've always been kind of disconnected. I was here like, Oh, Toronto's having this awesome party down in Canberra. They're having, um, this 5,000 person, uh, Croatian, uh, uh, tournament and stuff. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what, how do, how do we get a piece of that? So, um, yeah, my roots are definitely in San Pedro, um, for the last couple of years, um, especially during the 2018 World Cup with the Svetkovic brothers and, and Repar and everyone down there at, at Sveti Um, You know, we've called that um, our, our, our new studio when big games are going on. So um, a big thank you to, to them for, for welcoming Croatian sports to that.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely something special going down at uh, Sveti Antes over there, <laughs> one of my favorite places. Actually, you mentioned you know San Pedro and that I've been to all the uh, the street festivals and stuff. I've actually never been to any events in San Pedro, and I've always wondered what's kind of the difference between the, like the San Pedro. Really, Croatian you've community. never you've never, never been to once. San
1: Pedro. You grew up in LA, never. right?
0: Yeah, Pasadena. Well, Arcadia, Pasadena. Uh, you, might well moon, you might as well be <laughs> on the moon. Then
1: you might as well be on the moon. That's a, that's three hours from from San Pedro in LA. Yeah, well, um, with traffic. I joke. I joke. No, it's it's you know the the big event is the is is the soccer tournament, and I know COVID shut a lot of stuff down, and nothing's happened for the past two three years. I know the soccer tournament's coming back this year, but you know during during um, Croatian Independence Weekend, which is Memorial Day weekend in in the United States, which is a three day weekend. Um, you know they do the tournament on Saturdays, which has been awesome. I think they've ran it since two thousand eight two thousand nine something like that um, outside of COVID. Um, I know teams from Cleveland and New York have, have flown out for that in the past. San Jose is always well represented. Um, Orange County here, you know, a bunch of L.A. teams. And then they have the street party where they close the street down in front of Hrvatsky Dome on the Sunday. You know, there's bands and it's just kind of like a, a a mini festa, which is, you know, it's pretty cool. It's for the West Coast, you know, to close down a street and get Croatians from especially the Western United States. Mostly, you know, it, it's cool because, you know, we, we don't have a lot of super events you know outside of wedding so that was ingrained mm-hmm. ingrained for me I, you know, i was going since i was five years old it was just it's just a part of it's a part of who you are you know growing up in the diaspora croatian
0: yeah well yeah next time i'm back in the states i'm for sure going to check that out you have to I'm back in la you have to
1: and check it out and compare it to all all your everything that you're doing in, in, in Zagreb now i know you've been out there for for a couple of years
0: yeah just uh what maybe like 14 months now
1: only five months see I feel you know, yeah only I've been following you I've been following you I love what you're doing <laughs> out there you're you know you're carrying the, the the flag for Croatia from America to Zagreb and, and back in English and it's and I felt you you've been doing this for three years already so so kudos to you because <laughs> I know how hard it is to, to, to start something on social media
0: yeah yeah definitely is i've been trying to get some different stuff my buddy george we were talking about that earlier you know we we did some uh, interviews on the streets about stipe milchich you know now i'm doing the podcast a couple other things here and there so yeah i'm trying to trying to get a little bit of everything i i here. see
1: you guys in the checkered pants in front of uh <laughs> i see you i see you guys oh, don't, don't you worry
0: <laughs> i see the guys over at saint anthony's in la wearing those and when i came to Zagreb for the first time i expected everyone to be wearing those checkered pants <laughs> oh no
1: no it's a, it's a whole different story over there it's a whole yeah story everyone story. was looking
0: at me i couldn't understand why <laughs> uh, Ante, uh where are your parents from in croatia
1: yeah both my parents born and raised uh in uh in zadar um mom from gorica dad from polica right by biograd namoru um and I'm actually both my brothers born in, in Croatia as well, uh, in the seventies. And then, uh, I'm actually the only person in my family born in the United States. So, uh, you know, I, I grew wow. up in a super Croatian household. Uh, they tell me Croatian was my first language, even though, you know, I, I I'm, I'm mad at myself for not perfecting the, uh, you know, perfecting it with all the, all the rules and, and the Padaji and, and, and all that. Ugh. But, um, yeah, I'm the only one born in, in my family in the United States. And, you know, I kind of felt growing up in San Pedro and going to, you know, Thompson concerts and in, in, at Sveti Ante. it's like, you know, we all grew up Croatian, hanging out with Croatian friends. Um, I think a lot of people know, especially growing up in Canada, US, Australia, we had our Croatian friends, and then we had our regular friends. You know, that, that rule, hmm. um, you know, that rule stuck with me as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I consider myself, you know, I'm definitely American and I love my, my Dodgers and my Kings, and you know NBA and NFL and all those sports, but it's you know nothing tops watching the Croatian national team. I haven't missed a game since 2005, I believe, friendlies, anything like that. Wow. But but it's you know we're Croatian. I'm, I'm I just booked my tickets for for Croatia this summer last night um, because of COVID. I haven't been there for for two years, which is too long. I usually go every summer, um, mm-hmm. or you know for Božić or whatever, um, but. But yeah, I mean, I, I grew up Croatian and this is my team. And when people tell me like, Oh, do you follow the American, the U S national team or anything? And I go, I go, come on guys. Come on guys. It's, it's, it's near a bus. So yeah, my parents are from Zadar. It's, which which means I'm spoiled growing up because I get to hang out on, on you know in Dalmatia for the summer, so no complaints from me.
0: Mm, yeah, is that where you'll be this summer when you come over?
1: Yeah, I might go visit some some family in Zadar, but uh, I'm gonna go take uh, take the girlfriend, the new the new girlfriend to uh, to Croatia for the very first time. She's excited, uh, but we're gonna start in in Dubrovnik. She loves her uh, Game of Thrones, so we're gonna go hang out with some friends in Dubrovnik and start <laughs> there, and and uh, maybe we'll. we'll Go up north towards Makarska to Split and, and back to Zada, but that, that that all has some later planning. I don't have a report for
0: you on that yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get the itinerary later. It's supposed to be a good year for, for tourism over here, so it should <laughs> be a lot of people. <laughs> um, you know, before we sort of get into CroatianSports and how you started that, uh, I want to ask if you could talk a little about the a little give a little background about yourself. You know, where you started writing. You know, sort of your journalism career, how that took off.
1: Yeah, so my 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 brother Branimir, um, a lot of people know him in in the in the Croatian community. He's he's based here in L.A. Um, he used to actually shoot for for crow picks, uh in Croatia. He's a professional. He's been a professional pr- photographer for over twenty years, and he lived and he moved back to Zagreb and and uh, Dubrovnik for two to three years uh, around two thousand ten. So kind of on the same path that that you did, went back back to Croatia to work, but he was a professional photographer here in uh, in LA. He's fourteen years older than me, so he's almost like a big brother slash you know father figure in my life. But when I was in high school, um, he he had me put in an application for the Daily Breeze, and the Daily Breeze is a pretty large newspaper here in the South Bay. Uh, covers San Pedro, covers Torrance, covers Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, has about a hundred thousand person circulation. To do video game reviews while I was in high school. So I wrote a good review. Um, they they sent me video games all the time. This is back with like the N sixty four, the PlayStation two, those those kind of games. And I would write an article that would be on a main page of a paper that had that went out to a hundred thousand people in the South Bay. And that kind of got me into writing, into expressing my opinions, um, all that stuff. I used to go to the E three, which is the largest video game conference in in Los Angeles. It has over 50,000, you know, video game developers and nerds. And and it's me, this little tiny Croatian guy, you know, like around with his pen and paper and camera walking around. And I think that's kind of where I kind of got my, my grit to, you know, I belong here, my opinions valued. Um, But it was just, it was always fun writing opinion pieces it was it was it was fun kind of expressing my opinion saying you know what i like about something what i don't like about something so i think that's what kind of got me into into writing and expressing my opinions and you know with croatian blood being a good critic cuz we're all good critics right
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely you know now when you say video game critic that's you know they're shipping you the game and you 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 have to go and play the whole thing and then yeah. write a piece about it yeah
1: yeah as a as a 14 15 16 year old and in uh in high school they would send me the game they'd say you know write this in in a week give us your opinion play the game and and you have a deadline of a week and you know it teaches you about deadline and being on time um and then it came out every friday morning i'd go into you know uh, into homeroom in high school friday morning everyone would have a paper because like oh, we want to see Antha's Anta's review and and i was always harsh i was always giving you know c plus d plus d minus <laughs> grades because i'm like this game sucks and um yeah i mean i was i was a i was a a real journalist baby journalist of course but in 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 high school i wasn't i wasn't writing for you know the the school paper i was writing for a real paper with real writers and and you know it was exciting it was exciting to hear people's input it was a it was it was exciting you know you have croatian we all have alligator skin right where you're Mm -hmm. 14 15 16 which seems so young now that i look back on it but where people going like this sucks your, your review is no good. And that's, you know, Little little Anta, because I always say me and Luka Modric are the only Croatians under six foot in, on planet Earth. You know, Little Anta had <laughs> alligator skin going, you know what, I disagree with you, man. I like this because of A, B, and C. So, you know, you could do whatever with your review. You know, I'm putting my, my head out there. So that's that's my video game story. and kind of taught me to, to you know, when, when you put yourself out there, you got to be prepared for the criticism.
0: Yeah, you got to have thick skin. Anytime you're, you know, cutting the... Least, even just having an opinion, but especially you know putting yourself out there in front of what a hundred thousand readers, uh, what kind of led up then from there until CroatianSports.com?
1: Yeah, so that that ended. That was just a, a high school gig, um, which kind of went into uh, the 2008 Euro qualifying campaign. Um, as as all Croatian fans know, um, you know our first World Cup uh, in '98, third place. You know, again, almost beat, we were up 1-0 on France. We were going to go to the final 98. Croatia was hot. And then we completely cooled off for 10 years. You know, we never got out of group stage. We didn't qualify for Euro 2000. Uh, 2002, you know, we lose it with Ecuador. No, nothing really happened. Wow. And, you know, us being Croatian, we know it's like, ah, oh, we have the best players. You know, we, you know, they play for the best clubs in the world, but why can't we get this together? Mm-hmm. And then everything changed in Euro 2008 qualifying when we beat England at Wembley 3-2 with that Mladen Petric goal Uh, we were already qualified but we we knock England mighty England out of uh, Euro 2008 they don't qualify Croatia's back on top of the world there was just this this even though we just qualified for the tournament knocking out England was a big deal because I remember at that time the English media, and we all know how the English media are—they're very, uh, <laughs> very, very critical, very honest with with uh, uh, with the world. They called Croatia an inferior soccer nation. Mm-hmm. I remember that; I'll never forget that. I think it was in the 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 Mirror. One of their journalists called Croatian inferior soccer nation. England will will destroy them at Wembley on English soil, and we beat them three two in a game. We didn't even need need with that with that Petric goal. And there was a buzz again. And there was such a buzz. um, I I started this, this blog, it started Croatian soccer report. And the reason I started it is uh, going back to my, my brother, Branimir. um, He would see me on Sundays uh, at my mom's house. And I'm struggling reading German papers, like the build. And I'm, I'm reading Ukrainian papers. I want to see um, you know once the players return from international duty they obviously go back to their their club teams but there was nothing in English that said you know what did Dario Surna do at at Shakhtar what did uh, uh you know Ivan Klasnich do in the Bundesliga and I'm sitting there and it, for four or five six hours at a time looking at Ukrainian stuff translating it German stuff translating it you know Serie A translating it he's like why don't you just create a blog start writing about it in English and I'm sure there's Thousands of other players for you. So we made the blog spot really quick. I started putting everything that I was collecting on Sundays into it. And the rest is history.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure around that time, there was not much, if anything, in English. Uh, nothing.
1: Like that. No, absolutely nothing. And I was, I remember every Sunday looking, you know, you see the games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just stressing out. And he's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, create it. You, you be the first one. And he, and you know, back, going back to the journalism stuff and everything, uh, he goes, just put it together, put it in a blog spot. We'll pay, you know, 10 bucks a month to, for, you know, blog spot to, to host it. And, um, and just organically over the years, we started collecting everyone in the diasport. I mean, our largest audience right now is in Canada and then it goes to us and, and Australia. But, you know, there's, unfortunately there's a lot of Croatians out there, you know, second, third generation, and they grew up in Canada, us, Australia, and their Croatians, not perfect. I can I can mm-hmm. speak it okay but I'm not, I'm not definitely not perfect but you know our hearts with this team our hearts with our players I think being Croatian is is different um, than, than being any other culture on this planet and this is where they can follow it in in their native English language and and apparently there's a market for it so that that's that's how it all started
0: yeah that was back in 08 you said.
1: Yeah, launch of February, February 22nd, 2008 was, was our, the official official birthday for it. So uh, that's uh, 14 years now. Cra- crazy to think about that.
0: Jeez, yeah. 2008 was 14 years ago. Wow, <laughs> making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't imagine how that how hard that must have been, you know, translating all these documents from what well, you said, German and Ukrainian. And I mean, I'm sure at the beginning, you weren't Like seeing all these people, you know, on board at first, you know, were there ever times where you were, you know, struggling to, to put everything in there?
1: You know, like, uh, like, like everyone wants a blog and everyone wants a a podcast and everything. And I just treated it as a passion project. This is something I could do free the rest of my life. Um, do I want to heavily monetize it? Of course. Do you want to monetize your podcast? Of course. Um, but I think you got to do it for love of the game. I absolutely love this team and what it represents on the world scale. And I think that goes back to me watching them at, at Euro 96 at World Cup uh, 1998, where I was only 10 and 12 years old. And you're like, you see the checkers. I remember all the pain going through, you know, through my parents and my uncles and, and, and aunts and everything from 91 to 95, you know, all the tears. And you finally get to see Croatia with the checkers with the awesome lotto uniforms on the world stage, playing the Argentinas, the Denmarks, the Germanys, and we're winning. And you're going, like, what, what an ultimate underdog story. I mean, we're, we're Croatia is the ultimate underdog story. And then when you talk about them at the World Cup in Euro and winning water polo championships, and, um, you know, we have Hrugovic, you know, boxing right now. The list goes on and on. You know, 92, mm-hmm. uh, basketball, uh, Barcelona, it's like it's, it's magical what we've done with the, with yeah. the country of 4 million. So if I can, if I can do anything to push that forward, um, where I, where my expertise is in, in English, the heart and the determination, the drive is there. That's absolutely no issue for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it's crazy how many, I'm not even 4 million at this point with the new census. It yeah. was like 3.8, I think 3.88, something like that. But it's crazy how many international great athletes that Croatia has not not just soccer but every sport you know it's, it's really it's it's,
1: I, it's but it's but it's every sport it's unbelievable the if, if you do the ratio of, of our population you can even count diaspora and i think there's more diaspora outside of croatia than there is in so let's call it 3.8 in and i think six or seven out so we'll call it 10 million give or take what we're doing on the global stage in every sport year to year is absolutely amazing and i think that goes back to the war in the 90s and I think we have this heart and this drive that's just different than anyone else on planet earth and maybe if maybe I'd be reporting on Croatia even if I wasn't Croatian but being Croatian and being you know born to two parents straight from you know they were born in Zadar you know that I I, it's 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 my calling so I, I enjoy doing it I enjoy interviewing people I enjoy meeting people like you on your podcast and I just want to keep the party going
0: Hmm, I completely agree, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, us Croatians, us Diaspora is so proud of, um, you know, our athletes and our, our Domovina. Um, you know, you, so you started CroatianSports.com only for soccer or football, as, you know, I guess the rest of the world says. Do they say that in Canada or no? What do they say in Canada?
1: I think they say soccer as well. I think Soccer, soccer is U.S., Canada, and, and Australia. Everyone else is football and, you know, Nogomek.
0: Nogomed. Yeah, there we go. Um, (laughs) When did you sort of end up branching out into more Croatian sports? Uh,
1: The original name of the website, the blog was Croatian Soccer Report. And I think we kept it it for two, two and a half years. But what happened was our big breakthrough was, I I believe it was 2010. Um, You know, we don't have access to any star leagues or anything in the United States. Uh, You know, there's MLS, uh, but all of our players play in Europe. There's You know, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, But in the NBA, there weren't any Croatians. um, But at the time, Andrew Bogut was playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. And we're like, God, this is the only Croatian guy playing in North America. We reached out to the Bucks um, and the NBA. And they're like, yeah, when he's in town in LA, come by and you can do a 30 minute interview with him. And we're going, are you kidding me? Like just these guys that have this blog and just writing about Croatian soccer. Um, And we go down there and we interview him. And Andrew tells us like, he's just like, just like my story. He's born in Australia, but to two very hardcore um, to a hardcore Croatian uh, family. Uh, He said he almost got wooed by Croatia to play for the Croatian national team, but, but he stuck with Australia, but you know, he has a uh, Croatian gooder tattoo on him. Like he's, Croatian, you just played for Australia, so we talked to him, kind of put us on the map with our first interview. You know, you start getting taken a little more seriously, but the guys at the NBA are, are like, "Hey, like you're here at the NBA, you're here at a basketball game, but your Croatian soccer report, uh, what's not matching up here?" Um, uh-huh. And you know, we we you know talk about, you know, I was at chilly chat that time in and Ančić and in uh, in tennis and um, and it wasn't just soccer. We would talk Olympics, water polo, and then I go. Okay, we got to branch out because we can't look like kooks out there going to water polo. Going Croatian soccer report doesn't match up. Uh, did a little bit of a rebrand. Did a CroatianSports.com, um, and and since been and since then it's been CroatianSports.com uh, dot where kind of we get to talk about anything Croatian sports related.
0: You know, now that sounds like something that, that wouldn't happen today. In today's day and age, if you just reach out to the NBA, NBA say, "Hey, I got a blog. Can I interview one of your players?" Like, I feel like no way now nowadays that happens. How nervous were you in that first interview? Incredibly,
1: incredibly nervous. Um, I look back at that video, and it—it's a sense of you don't belong there. It's like you're talking to, and again, I'm five foot eight. You have this seven foot <laughs> one center Andrew Bogut that's taller than me yeah. sitting. Um, you know, it's after a game. He yeah. just showered, and you're literally. Right next to him in the locker room with all these NBA stars. I remember Jerry Stackhouse was there, who's a semi NBA legend. And you're just shaking. You're making sure the camera's on. I'm literally reading a paper. I'm not even looking him in the eye, um, trying to make a couple jokes. I think it went okay, but absolutely incredibly nervous. You see all these, uh, it was at a Lakers game. So you see all, uh, you know, Kobe was in the next uh, locker room. Um, you know, you're just this kid in your 20s in, in an NBA locker room going, oh shit, like, how the hell did I get here and uh, you know either you gotta eat the nervousness or or not but you know I was nervous for probably my first 20 30 interviews and and now you you just kind of know that you belong there and you you belong with the with the big boys and girls
0: hmm you know I want to give you a, a chance to name drop here now <laughs> <laughs> and ask uh, who else have you interviewed who are some of the the highlights
1: oh I know what my Number one is um, number one's Luka Modric, and and I can I can kind of get to that in a second. But I think the the coolest thing the website has ever done was outside of politics, outside of politics. I got so much, I got in so much trouble for this. But it was when Croatian President Josipovic was in L.A. He was at UCLA doing whatever, something political doesn't even matter. And there's all these Croatians that we went there, we went there with the team. Um, see if we can pop him a question. That was a time that Croatia and the Vatrini the the Sabas only played, and I think it was 2010 or 2011, only played at Maximir in Zagreb. No, they never played in Osijek, never played in Rijeka, never played in Split, nothing. It was just Maksimir, Maksimir, Maksimir. And we talked to him, like, hey, are you a soccer fan? He's like, of course I'm a soccer fan. He's like, well, oh, we know you're based in Zagreb, this and that. And I asked him in the most broken Croatian. I think I didn't even. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I addressed him as as uh, T and, and not V. And, and I got I got crushed <laughs> by everybody. everyone. just calming, going, "Aunt, what you just you just what are you buddies with the Croatian president?" And I go, "Ah, shit, like what did I do?" <laughs> um, but we asked him, like, "Hey, when when's when's the Croatian national team gonna play in in Split? That poll you like? It's Dalmatia. It's poll you. It, it'll be rocking." And he, he says tongue-in-cheek. I don't even know if he thinks he was on camera because I just had my iPhone up. He goes, da ima malo mafia doli u, u, u Splito. He's like, we know that there's mafia down in Split, so they can't play down there. And everyone just went, what the hell did he just say? We posted it not knowing that it was like a big thing. We're like, ah, 100 people see this, whatever. Croatian media picks this up. It's on, it's on every front page of like Jutarni and Slobodna Dalmatia and and everything the next day and we now we transcended sports we transcended Croatian culture with one question with the president in, uh, in Los Angeles and guess what 3 months later guess where the guess where Croatia played in Split <laughs> <I apologize. laughs> wow. their first game in, in in years and people go well you're responsible for that and I'm like you tell me.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe you could you could take credit for that.
1: <laughs> but but that that's kind of that's kind of a newsbreaker. Um, but my number one and my number one is not that it was like the best interview. But uh, Real Madrid and Luka Modric were playing um, at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, and obviously, you know, I can't. It, it's hard to to be in Europe during the season because the season runs, you know, from September to May, and if you're going to go to Croatia, you're going to go to Croatia in the summer from from north america obviously um but we asked we asked the mls we asked real madrid for credentials for their exhibition game i remember it was against everton at dodger stadium um this was luka modric's first full offseason he was just he was just called the biggest bust of la liga uh he was there for one year um and he was shrugging it off we know what he's done now um, at, at real madrid he's an absolute legend But the story goes, and this is why being Croatian is is special, and I I almost get chills by it. Um, You do media lines. You don't get one-on-one time with anyone with Real Madrid. I mean, Zidane is on their coaching staff. Modric is there. Ronaldo's passing within one foot of me. Uh, Marcelo, like Real Madrid legends, right? And there's this media line of me and my good friend from – from, from Los Angeles, Matt Lebo. A lot of you guys know Mr. Matthew Lebo. It's me and him with a small camera and a microphone, and all these Real Madrid players are on this media line. But the Real Madrid PR comes out and says, no Real Madrid players will do will be doing interviews. And all the media is like, ah, oh, come on. Like, we've been waiting here for two hours after the game. Ronaldo walks by. Zidane passes by. I think Ancelotti, Ancelotti was their coach. He passes by at that time. And I'm like, oh man, Fox is there, uh, Marca's there, which is the biggest Spanish uh, paper. Um, ESPN is there. I mean, the biggest sports uh, uh, outlets out there. And Luca passes by, and I'm like, hey, Luca, I'm encroaching. I'm like, Luca, 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 Molinte, 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 Samoyedno Pitania. You know, one question, please, 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 please. And this is right before we're going to play Serbia in World Cup 2014 qualifying. So that's what we talked about. He comes over. He comes over. He stops. I go, "Hey, I know you can't have any questions right now. Um, can I answer, ask us two, three questions?" "Hey, my family's from Zadar too." He's like, "Sure." So we talk about that. Um, the big question he answered was, "I asked him like, we're gonna play Serbia in a couple in a couple weeks. Is that a regular game or or not?" He goes, "No, it's it's never it's never a regular game when you play for Serbia. We know who they are, and we always go a little bit extra." And I'm like, "That's awesome! Like hmm. that, that. I mean, I have chills oh, right yeah. now." so he leaves, he's, I'm like, thank you, thank you so much, he he walks by, and you go, and these reporters that I see on ESPN, from Modica, from Fox, they come over to me like, how the hell did Luka Modric just talk to you right now? And, (laughs) and I think that's a testament to being Croatian, is like, I think we'll always make time for each other, no matter what, and, and, and he's not the first, and he's not the first, it's obviously easy to talk about Modric, but like, I have chills right now talking to you about this, the fact that, you know he's in this line with with Zidane and Ronaldo, two of the greatest players, and they have their headphones and They're just walking by. He he stopped for little old me for two minutes, and I think that's what's special about being Croatian.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's surreal. Yeah. All these other huge, what huge companies, huge media reporters are coming over and asking they're like, "Who how are you?" Are did you? That?
1: They're they're literally going, "Who are you, Croatian sports?" Like, wh- "Why are you special?" And I go, "He goes." I just go, "That's my boy," and that's it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, with Luka too, no doubt. I mean, just to go off topic for a second, where is Luka among, you know, greatest Croatian athletes on on the list for you?
1: I mean, the guy won a Ballon d'Or. He's up there with Petrovic. He's up there with Boban. I mean, what he's done in soccer with with Real Madrid and Croatia, bringing him to the... I was young with Petrovic, but Petrovic is, is Petrovic. I mean you put him you put him up there with with petrovic you know god rest his soul mm-hmm. um i mean i i I've, I've i've carried his whole career i mean he's he's easily 1a 1b with with petrovic in my opinion
0: yeah i mean he's something else it's crazy how how he's still managing to produce you know such a high quality level of play at his age well he's i doing, say you
1: know. i say you know he was he was the biggest bust in the league his first year in in, in spain and he's getting better with age. So a lot of people say, "Oh, he's like a fine wine. He's getting better with age," but I stopped saying that. I said he's a bottle of you know Louis the Thirteenth. He's a three thousand dollar bottle, and he's only his value's only been going up the last two years. And what he did with the World Cup—it's it's absolutely insane what he's doing. But if if you watch the games for all those hardcore football fans that watch Champions League, you know I watch every single one of his Real Madrid games. What they did against Manchester City, and I don't know when you're gonna post this, but they just they just uh, scored three goals on Manchester City this uh, this past week in in, uh, in Champions League. Like he has, he already has four Champions League titles. He's been to the World Cup final, but to see him beat Manchester City in a semifinal, somewhere he's been before, with Benzema and all, and Marcelo and all those guys, and and looking like children out there, like they just won their first championship, and and like the joy and the celebration, the jumping, like he's in it for love of the game. He's in it for love of mm-hmm. the game, and I think that's what we appreciate about him the most. He's not going like hey, I've been here already, like he's playing like a like a kid, like a 15 year old kid. And I think I think we can all relate to that.
0: Yeah, the passion which he plays with, and you know, always hustling, always always trying. I like. I'm not a. I wasn't a huge soccer fan growing up, so I like the fact that you know he doesn't dive like some players. <laughs> you know, stereotypical American. That's kind of why we always hated soccer, aside from the fact that we say it's boring. You know, it's just all the flopping and the diving, although you see that, of course, in all the sports now, especially basketball. But I, I like him that, you know, he plays through everything and he's, he's not trying to he's, sell.
1: He's, he's the mighty magician. Um, you know, he's that tiny midfielder. You know, he's, he's he's short for for his position, but he doesn't need it. But what he did in the second leg of, of the Manchester City game, like he I forget who on City he grabbed, but he grabbed his throat for a second nothing too bad but he goes hey this is this is our game he showed his his backbone uh because the the guy in city flopped exactly like you said right now and and i think you know we need more soccer players like that
0: Mm -hmm. actually i saw that you just posted that the other day on croatiansports.com sure did it was great yeah it was a great picture it It
1: was luca luca choking man city as man city choked in champions league it was poetic
0: (laughs) (laughs) poetic (laughs) i want to get back to uh luca and the soccer team in a little bit but before that I want to get back to the interviews and ask, you know, have you had maybe a, an interview you wish you could get back? Um not or something get, that didn't go well or
1: not get not, not get back. Not get back, but there's one guy in the NBA and thank God he's not in the NBA. He was just always on his high horse. He always thought he was the MVP, but Mario Hezonia from mm. from Dubrovnik when he played for Orlando was always too cool for school. Um, I told him, like, hey, you're, you're only in town for one night. Let me ask you a couple questions, this and that. I'm Croatian. And just always gave us a hard time. Always gave us a hard time. Too cool for school. Always had his kind of nose up in the air. Um, and he's the only one that's ever given me issues. Whenever I go to tennis tournaments and talk to – for example or even like modric in, this, in the example that i just gave you or the the the, the president of croatia or rakatic or shuker all these guys come over and, and give me time he's the only one that was ever too cool for school and, and he's no he's playing in like turkey or something now so that's what he gets i uh, really i didn't know
0: that yeah huh i mean he he wasn't he was i guess sort of an, an average player in the nba he had that block against lebron i remember to to win some i think it was a regular season game but he blocked lebron i think that was maybe one of his biggest highlights
1: yeah he had that was about it that was his highlight reel but he was too cool for school he i think he was a top five or top six pick a couple years ago but he did nothing with it and i think it was attitude he i think he just thought he was better than he was i could kind of tell that talking to him and uh Good riddance, Mario has yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, you know that kind of got me thinking. Speaking about you know high round picks, about uh, Dragan Bender, whatever happened to him? Is he still in the NBA? I don't think so. I, he was he got picked Ooh, up. I didn't the-
1: follow. I yeah, I think he was with the Bucks last time I talked to him. But but he really he really didn't he really didn't do anything. I mean, look, Bogdanovich is is old, but he's he played well this season for Utah Jazz. Zubats mm-hmm. in in LA is kind of doing what he's supposed to. But if we just don't have that 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 star star player we haven't had a star player since you know tony kukoc dino raja and and Petrovic, and all three of them are in the nba hall of fame
0: hmm. yeah do we have anyone on the way any young guys i remember shamanich was looking good for a while what one two years yeah, with the spurs yeah it's it's
1: just it's it's tough nba is tough playing professional basketball against the best teams and best players in the world is 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 tough to crack um you know i think bogdanovich is still our number one Shodich was looking good for a second, but mm-hmm. then he tore his knee in the NBA Finals last year, and he still hasn't recovered from that. So we have to wait on him. But um, Zubats is puttering, puttering around. He's doing what he can for a Clippers team that's that's kind of you know they were without Kawhi and Paul George this year. So um, I, we'll see. We're gonna have to wait for the, a, a new generation because this this one doesn't look like like it's cutting it. They didn't make the Olympics, which is kind of heartbreaking because they had a yeah. plane tournament in Split and it just kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, that's sad. I, I mean. I was always, basketball was sort of my biggest, you know, sport growing up that I rooted for. So, you know, it was tough to see that they they didn't make the Olympics with the squad. We'll always have the
1: 92 Barcelona Olympics when we played the dream team and got silver.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, lost by the least amount of points to the U.S., right? <laughs> but we were up, what, at halftime or for, at the end of the first quarter or halftime? I think we were up.
1: Yeah, we played them, we played them tough, and the, I think we played them – I have to look back. I was six years old, but uh, I think I think they crushed us in the gold medal game, but in the group stage game, I think we played them twice. It was actually tight, and we got the respect with Jordan and Bird and Magic and all those guys.
0: Yeah, well, did you watch that um, The Last Dance when they talked about Kukoc and how they of wanted course, to <laughs> – Of course,
1: of course, of that course. Was, that was a great six-part documentary, and I'm glad Kukoc got his uh, his 20 minutes of fame in that doc.
0: Yeah, that was awesome to watch and tell him just talking about how they put everyone on him and you know just harping on him the whole game. You know, Ante, I want to ask you since you know soccer is your thing. You know, we're talking about Modric, we're talking about the World Cup. What should we expect for this World Cup? It's what November are the the first games?
1: Yeah, November twenty first. It's gonna be it's gonna be the first North American Winter World Cup because it's in Qatar and it's too too hot in the Middle East. I think. Kickoffs. The first game is November twenty-first. Um, you know, if we have we have a great group. I love our group with uh, with Morocco, Canada, and and Belgium. Uh, i I think we're definitely getting out. I think we're going to handle Canada. I think we're going to handle Morocco, and then we'll see what happens in Belgium. If you talk to if if you see what everyone's all these world soccer journalists and football journalists are saying on Twitter and blah blah blah. They're writing Croatia off as an old team. You know, that all we have is Modric and boy, are they in for a rude awakening. Um, We have Modric, who's still playing lights out, probably the best holding midfielder in in the world right now. No one talks about Marcelo Brozovic, who's arguably the best center defensive midfielder who plays for Inter Milan. I mean, they bolster that. We have Perisic, who was Inter Milan's top three player this year as well. Uh, we'll see who we put on the right wing. Maybe we'll put Breko or Oršić wakes up. Um, but we might have the best defense that Croatia's ever had. Sosa, Borna Sosa, plays for Stuttgart. He's getting linked up with teams in England, or, or Barcelona might pick him up. He's one of the best left backs right now, and he's so young. He's in his early 20s. Um, no one's talking enough about Josko Gvardiol, who's 20 years old, and he's going to get picked up by someone huge. I mean, he's going to be a rock back there. Um Juranovic, who plays for Celtic, you know, him and Versalako will go back and forth. We're gonna have a defense. We have arguably the best midfield midfield still in the world. Like there's no question about that. I'm not saying that just because I'm Croatian. We need to figure out two things. We need to figure out who, who can score for us up top. Konamaric f- forgets who he is when he puts the checkers on. He he just misses too many bonehead easy shots. And I have absolutely zero faith in Livakovic in goal. So we need to figure out who's going to be our goalie in, in November and we need to figure out who's going to score goals in, in the in the number 9 position up top for us. Those are my two to-do lists.
0: Well, you hit on uh, the goalie. I wanted to ask about that. Livakovic played most recently as goalie, right? In this last Yeah, he came he
1: came he came back. He came back, but it's like Ivo Gurbic, who's still part of Atletico Madrid. He's on loan at Lille. He had a game 2 months ago they got absolutely toasted by PSG. He made two mistakes. Um, and now he's been benched since then. So now, you know, it's hard to play a goalie that's, you know, benched. Um, Mm -hmm. But then Ivica Ivushic, who plays for Osiak, you know, he's actually been pretty good. But, you know, he's a Haanel goalie, but so is Livakovic. So if you're you're asking me, it's open season on goalie. We're going to see what happens in Nations League this June. We have uh, three games. We're going to play France and split, which is going to be a sexy matchup. Um, But as far as I'm concerned... We do not have a number one goalie right now, and I'm absolutely done with Livakovic because he has zero, uh, zero confidence in goal. He has zero uh, awareness on where he is on those balls, punching them out and this, thing. He just looks nervous, in that, and I look nervous watching him play. So if you're asking me, it's it's between Gorbic and Ivosic right now, and it, but it's open season. Whoever plays the best next six months gets that number one jersey.
0: Now, even after what Livakovic did during the World Cup twenty eighteen, didn't um, if I remember correctly, Subasic got hurt at one point. I forget which game it was, and he came in and, and saved a couple. Or am I misremembering?
1: No, that was that was Subasic's World Cup. He was in there, and Subasic is a is a, a World Cup goalie legend. Um, there's he's only the the second goalie. I think it was Argentina nineteen ninety the second goalie to win uh, two penalty kick shootouts in the same World Cup. No, one, hmm. only one other goalie on planet Earth has done that. It was an Argentinian goalie in the '90s, but that was Subasic was the goalie there. I think Livakovic came in, maybe for the Iceland game, which didn't even matter for us.
0: I think that's what you're referring to. Uh, it might have been, yeah. I just remember he had a couple nice, uh, nice saves during that game. <laughs> but yeah, Subasic. Oh man, during those penalties, I was getting, I was almost having a heart attack every game that World Cup. It was cup special.
1: It was special. Every Croatian on planet Earth, no matter where you're at, will remember exactly where they were for the Denmark game. For the Russia game, for the England game, and the World Cup—I mean, those are, I think, four games that are cemented into our brains forever. And what a ride! What a, you know, miraculous, miraculous ride! And you know that, you know, nail piece of all was, was the word, and how yeah. how appropriate that word was that that summer.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that was crazy. Yeah, I'm sure everyone, everyone, every Croatian remembers that moment and how crazy that World Cup was. Where you were? I was at St. Anthony's. I don't know if you were maybe in San Pedro or at St. I was, Anthony's. I was there. Last, I was there, like but I don't region.
1: remember anything because we were we were drunk the whole time. <laughs> so I'm sure we crossed paths and talked, but we don't remember because we were just we were on cloud nine.
0: Yeah, oh, that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, you talked about you know a striker who's going to score up top. Since Mjanjukic left, you know he was. I'm pretty sure he was the tallest player we had, and he would be the tallest player. Um, if he was on today, I feel like I was always watching him get headers, you know, off the set pieces and the corner kicks. And now every time we have a corner, I, I feel like there, I have no faith in, like, I don't know. I just, I've had no faith in, in our set pieces and in our corners lately. And I feel and, like someone and like you're right, Kitch- And you're
1: right in having no faith. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Manjokic was a point man. He's like, he was like the, the, the Shaquille O'Neal, that number five in basketball, that center that you can dish the ball up to. He holds up play. We don't have a player like that right now. Um, we don't have a player like that. Um, he's more technical. Kramaric is supposed to play behind the main striker. He's supposed to be a, a supporting striker. So you can't put Kramaric in a, in a, in a role like Manjukic. They, they don't work the same. We've dabbled with Pasalic up there. Um, but more importantly, we have this striker coming up, uh, Roko Simic. Uh, he's the son of of uh, of Dario Simic, who's a Croatian legend, hunt, been capped a hundred times. He's playing for for Salzburg right now, uh, and Leifading—that's their feeder club in Austria. Still young, only eighteen years old, but he has a nose for net. I want to go on record right now to watch out for that guy. Um, and one one thing I want to say on that point, I want to give a huge shout out to to my my U twenty one team. I have these guys on the website, and and. And one thing I want to say about this website to everyone out there is it's not my website I'm, I write the majority of articles out there and 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 I probably have the most FaceTime because uh, interviews are so di- difficult but it's everyone's website I have if stanko tomorrow if you said I want to write a piece on Croatian basketball or Croatian soccer the floor is yours mm-hmm. and that's what I want everyone to know is you know it's not just me it's it's these I have a crew of 10, 12 guys that are riding, uh, but big props to, to my boy Marcus in Montreal, who I've never met, and, and Croatia U14. They, for the past two, two three years, have been saying the Shimich striker is going to be the real deal. They said two years ago that Yoshiko Gvardiol is going to be a beast, and that's happened so far. And for everyone to watch out for Luka 2.0, Luka Sucic plays for Red Bull Salzburg right now. The guy is absolutely lights out. So, so going back to your question about the World Cup and and everyone calling us old, we're gonna have a third golden generation just around the corner. It's not gonna happen at this World Cup, um, but we're gonna be in good shape. Kanadech uh, looks like he he's not getting the job done, but we're gonna we're gonna have a, another real striker uh, with Šimić, another midfielder with Sućić. We're gonna have a world class defender in Gvardiol, and then we have this guy uh, Petar Musa. Uh, he's in Portugal right now. He's scoring goals almost every week for the past three months. He's been getting no love, but Dalic needs to bring him up for UEFA Nations League games this June. Uh, he might get picked up by Benfica this week. Um, but it's but it's a bright bright future again. So for everyone thinking, oh, we 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 topped out in 2018.
0: Nistina. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have another generation coming up and a lot of good young players. But I mean, that sort of poses a question for this World Cup is is there maybe a lack of experience between those players or something with chemistry maybe do you think that'll be a factor no, at but temp- for the young players
1: no but they, they've they've all played with each. Sosa's already been integrated Guardiola's already been integrated like I said we need to figure out striker position we need to figure out goalie Modric and Dalic I think finally are on the same page uh, you know there's a lot of riffraff at Euro 2020 in the locker rooms between Brozovic and Rebic that's a that's a, a conversation mm-hmm. for another day the, the the locker room was split it's something I you know I heard a lot of rumblings internally from the HNS that you know they they tell me don't worry don't talk about it so I so I don't but there's big problems inside the locker room during Euro 2020 so the fact that we made it to extra time against Spain was was great but it's it's I, I've talked to Dava Shukar before multiple times, and taking politics and all that out of it, you know, he's he's a, a a golden boot winner. He's arguably he's he's Croatia's best striker of all time, one of the world's greatest strikers of all time. And he goes he goes, momentum's a real thing in a locker room. Uh, he goes, you know, you have to believe that you really can win, and it takes a little bit of luck to win the tournament. A lot of a lot of these guys that you talk to, they say. You need to have a little bit of luck, whatever that means. But, you know, you have to have a call go this way. You have to uh, have a call go that way. Is all that chemistry stuff, all that will happen later in the year. You're either going to be hot or not going into the World Cup, and it's too early for us to, to do that. But we have the talent right now on this 24-man roster to win the World Cup. Absolutely.
0: Wow. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you your prediction, but it sounds like I just got it.
1: Yeah, they, they can win it. Look, this is – they always say in sports, whoever they are, they they say you got to lose it before you can win it. And you know, France lost the final of Euro 2016 on home soil to Portugal. And then 2 years later they win the World Cup. Croatians, I think, not just players but the country go, we've been to the promised land, we've been to the World Cup final, why can't we do it again? I think it's a it's a thought, it's a psychological piece. And I was in Zadar the day of the world cup final i watched that forum um at Sveti Donat, and and you saw croatian kids wearing subasic jerseys brozovic jerseys modric of course Um, but talking to little kids they're like oh my god we're in the world cup final like 10 12 14 year old kids because now we know it's possible and i think once you know it's possible you can do it again so with modric's leadership with knowing that we were just there knowing that it's attainable Knowing that the Vatrani were 90 minutes away from the from the World Cup lifting of the trophy in Moscow, we know it's possible. Maybe maybe 10 years ago we go ah it's we're not Germany we're not Brazil we're not Argentina we can't win it. Now we know that, and I think belief. You know they say Croatians have the the strongest faith in the world. They say Croatians are more Catholic than the Pope. Now we know we know it's possible, and this is this is absolutely going to be Modric's last World Cup hurrah. We have a good. Good group we have the talent we just need to put the the jigsaw puzzles together
0: yeah i mean th- that would be such a sweet redemption story you know to come back and win it this year
1: it's possible it's uh, possible my friend
0: I, w- I wanted to ask do you think there's anything i mean i think in russia we were able to get a pretty good fan base out there do you think that'll be tougher in qatar do you think that'll play a, a factor at all or not really
1: that's a that's a good question obviously going to to Russia, it's a little little bit easier from from Croatia. It's only two three um, hour flight. But what I learned what I learned is uh, in the last tournament I was at that Croatia was in. I was at I was in Bordeaux for the France Spain game in 2016. Is a lot of Croatians from the from the Domovina De- aren't able to travel for the game. Like people from Zagreb and Split, it's expensive. It's an economy thing. It's just it's just not in their uh, you know, it's not, it's not part of their, their bank accounts. It's almost in, impossible. I met one guy from Zaggy said, I want to come to the Spain game. I sold my car and I flew out to Bordeaux where wow. I met, I met, you know, most of the people um, and That's just how it is, is from the diaspora. I met a lot of from New Zealand, from Australia, us, Canada, Switzerland, Germany. Those are most of the people that, that, that travel and which was awesome meeting all of them. Um, but I think people will go from Croatia because, we're riding hot, and we're just coming off, you know, a World Cup final. Um, if they want to go, they're going to go. They're going to find a way. Um, I'm, mm. I don't know how I'm going to line it up. You know, it's it's literally on the other side of the planet. But it's not the sexiest World Cup. It's in Qatar. You know, the Middle East just isn't the sexiest World Cup. You'd rather be in, you know, in England or in Germany or in Brazil or in Argentina. Um, that's a great question, Stanko. We will see. But the thing is. Guess where the World Cup is in, in four years? It's in the U.S. And in, and in Canada, which is going to be super sexy. So I don't know if people are going to wait or if Croatia is going to say, this is Luka Modric's last World Cup. Let's see what happens. So I, I don't have an answer for you on that one.
0: Hmm. But yeah, uh, next World Cup is going to be crazy in, in the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> yeah, you won't be in Zagreb,
1: I guarantee it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll have to come back for that for sure. But I think, I mean, this World Cup this year, It's good. I think it's good for the, the Diaspora. I mean, you have the U.S. finally qualified. You have Canada, Australia, I mean, Argentina, you know, in South America. I know there's a lot of Diaspora there. Um, well, I mean, where else? And New Zealand, did they qualify or no?
1: No, New Ze- uh, New Zealand's in a playoff. They haven't qualified yet. Aust- Australia's in a hmm. playoff. There's a, there's a couple teams that still got to, that aren't in the final feed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the U.S. one is going to be sexy. Who, who from Australia and Europe doesn't want to come to you know party in L.A. or New York or Chicago for a World Cup? Um, you know, it's going to be a, a triple vacation for everyone. Like if, if Croatia plays in, I, I don't care if they play in in Mexico, because it's in Mexico, Canada, U.S. Like mm-hmm. we're going and we're going to go heavy. I think. You know how many Canadian Croatians are there? How many American Croatians are there? I'm sure the Aussies will come up because it's going to be their winter time anyways. I think that's going to be an ultimate party in four years in North America.
0: <laughs> Man, I'm getting the chills <laughs> just thinking about how, how crazy that's. Get your livers be. ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, before that, we got this one in Qatar. I, I probably I won't be able to make it out there, but you know, I'll for sure, be watching in somewhere, some hall, <laughs> we'll, maybe in the Turban Yellow. We'll
1: make we'll make it happen. We still have time. We'll make it happen.
0: Yeah, you never know. You never know. Ante, you know, thanks for, for coming on the podcast here. I um, had a lot to talk about. I'm going to have to have you on another time. You know, we're going to have to just talk about these dedicated you know, topics because I know we could go for hours and hours about this. I wanted to talk about the Rebic and Dalic a little bit, but, you know, you <laughs> you asked that at least for this episode. Um, but, yeah, definitely there's a lot to talk about, you know. Croatian hotheads. Croatian
1: hotheads. We all <laughs> we all have them in our families. That's, that's our Rebic on the team, and it doesn't look like he's coming back.
0: Uh, yeah, we all have them. And if you don't, then that means you're the hothead. Exactly. The <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a lot to cover. And I mean, CroatianSports.com, you guys are great. I love what you, you've done over there. I can't, I don't know how long I've been following you ever since I re- can remember, you know, ever, ever since I first started getting in the, involved in the Croatian community down in LA. But, you know, I get all my news from you guys, all my sports news, especially all my soccer World Cup news. So, I mean, you, you guys keep up the good work
1: that that's what i like to hear Stanko, and, and a big big props and a big thank you to you for for carrying the croatian flag especially for the diaspora out there in zagreb uh, i know you're just starting on this podcast and i know how hard it is but keep plugging away um i'm gonna plug you i'm gonna share all this with you love love what you love what you're doing i see you in croatia week uh every week so uh so big props to you and and can't wait to collaborate in the future and, and do this again
0: That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again, and vidimo se!